Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm so excited about today's episode. It's a little bit of a different episode. I We recently had a coaching session inside of the Teach Music Online membership specifically about your studio policy and the different policies that can be in there, some different variations for them and how to condense your policy down from, let's say, multiple pages to just one page. And I, this was just such an amazing call with some really, really great questions brought up by multiple teachers. And it was hosted by one of our coaches, Brooke Schrager, who is fantastic. She runs a multi-teacher studio in the Chicago area with multiple instruments, voice, I believe voice, guitar, and piano. And she just is so wise. She has such amazing experience. They manage hundreds of students and I think they're at 24 teachers now. So over the years, she's gotten really, really good at figuring out what policies the parent needs to know versus the ones we think they need to know, right? Like we fill our policies with A to Z, everything we think we want them to know. And I really would encourage you and challenge you to challenge your policy and to go through the exercise of auditing it and removing what doesn't need to be there. And this call, it's a bit of a longer call. We do hour-long coaching calls inside our membership for our teachers to hop on and join and ask questions. So I took this call and I just threw it into this episode. I edited it a little bit, um, just took a couple of things out, but for the most part, it's just jam-packed full of so many helpful ideas. So inside this session, you'll hear Brooke talk about scheduling, makeup lessons, creating a calendar, registration, how to onboard students, how to get students registered, a handbook for students. I mean, there's so many good things that I think all of us can always benefit from relearning or at least relooking at our own policies. So I hope you enjoy this call. This is a little bit of a gift to you because this is something exclusive inside the TMO membership. We do coaching calls on different topics every single month. So next month, we're talking about choosing holiday recital music. We're talking about asynchronous lessons all kinds of topics that are so helpful and so fun. So enjoy this little sneak peek into one of our recent coaching sessions. I hope it's beneficial to you and that you walk away with some new, fresh ideas for your own studio policy. All right, hello everybody. My name is Brooke Schrager and I am a success coach here in Teach Music Online. Uh, This is the best community in the entire world as far as I am concerned. And we have just been helping each other and encouraging each other for the past few years since Carly so graciously started this community. And I can't wait to share with you today a little bit about lesson policies and auditing our policies and how we can make them really work for us and for our studio. So um, the reason that I wanted to host this, I was starting to say before I recorded and then I was like, wait, I have to wait so that everyone can hear this on the replay. Um, When I came to TMO in August of 2020, I watched an engagement webinar about engaging online lessons um, that Carly gave that was like a free training and I was hooked instantly. I'm like, I have to learn more from this person. She has like this community, I have to join. So I joined and at that time, I'm embarrassed to say, now I'm embarrassed to say that I had a seven page lesson policy. So if that is you, 
it's okay, we're gonna fix it today. We're gonna talk about it, we're gonna get through this together and we're gonna make it so that your policies work for you. Um, the biggest thing I think that I have learned is that less is more and your policy can be general and all encompassing and kind of like an umbrella and a way for people to get the bullet point version of what they need of the rules and policies of your studio. And then you can explain the rest in an FAQ portion of your website. Or if you are getting the same question over and over again, you can send an all studio email clarifying things. Um, the reason that I had a seven page policy before was because I thought it would be cool to have something called a family handbook. And in that family handbook, I included things like practice tips, what types of a keyboard to have, what materials you needed for lessons, and then all of the things about scheduling, cancellations, payments, um, things like that, weather um, for in-person lessons. And I really realized after going through the course that that long of a policy was number one, not serving its purpose. It was not being read or understood by our students and their families. And number two, there were things in there that could go other places in a way that would be more helpful. So I created a page on our website all about keyboard recommendations, uh, guitar recommendations. That stuff doesn't have to be in your policy. Maybe if your policy is a, like a PDF, you can link those things um, in a one line sentence or something along those lines. But I was trying to use our policy as a family handbook. And if that's you, I think there are ways around it, like I said, to get that information to your students and their families in a more efficient way and keeping your policies short and sweet and to the point is going to make it so that they're easier for you to enforce. And the reason that we have policies is so that our studios can run like a well-oiled machine. Um, I, when I first started, I had, like I said, this big seven page policy document that no one was reading. And I would get constant questions about makeup lessons. How do I cancel a lesson if, if I know in advance I'm going to be away? Those things were outlined in the policy, but nobody was able to really read them and take the time because parents and students are so busy. So giving them um, a way to be successful in following your policy is kind of our job as the creator of the policies. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to kind of open up to the room and discuss is what do you want your policies to do for you? I gave kind of like the overall umbrella, which is obviously we want our policies to help us run our studios as a well-oiled machine. But for you personally, whether it, uh, you do it in the chat or if you wanna raise your hand and, and unmute, Tell me what the policy is for you. What does it do for you in your studio? Um, so whenever, when, with that question, do you refer to like, what does it mean? What, what does the policy help me do? Yeah. Or? What does your policy help you do? So, so for me, the way, and I think it was Nicola Canton who said this, that like your policy is not for your students. It's for, for you to know how you will react when you have a question about makeups, when you have a question about um missed lessons when you have a question about recitals and things like that you know so i've kind of i've tried little by little to to go towards that mindset where it's yeah these are just things like hey it you can look at my policy but it's also like this is what i enforce you know or what is what i'm expecting or what i can offer Thank you. Thank you. So we have some good things happening in the chat and we will make sure to save this chat along with um the video for this so you'll see it in the uh, replay. 
But Brooke said that her policy manages expectations. Pamela says that the policy creates standard operating procedures. Uh, Victoria says that I love that my policy is there for me. It helps me have a better boundary around the relationship. And I give I give in too much. So it is kind of the predetermined rules. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think that as musicians and artists and teachers, we just have the biggest hearts in the entire world and we want to be like bend over backwards flexible for people in a lot of occasions and your policy can remind you that you don't have to do that you can choose to they're your policies so you can choose to bend the rules for people and make uh, a big deal about making an exception i'm going to talk about that as we kind of get closer to talking about the policies and things like that but yeah making making that kind of be the the devil's advocate for you saying hey don't forget these policies are in place for you um and Pamela says that it protects her time and energy. Yes, I love that. These are all really, really great things. Um, I think it's important that we understand why we have policies. It's not just, oh, because we're an activity and we should, right? They're, they're there for a reason. So the first thing that I wanted to mention is if you haven't done it already, I think it is hugely important for us all to go through the course and, and go through this module in, in Teach Music Online. Um, it is a, a short little snippet showing you what you can do to audit your policies. There are examples of policies and examples of ways to get your students and their families to agree to formally the policies. I've seen everything from people uploading the PDF into Google Forms and having parents just type their name and say this, you know, typing your name below uh, means that you are signing and agreeing to the policies and procedures listed above. And Google Forms, if you don't use them uh, regularly, they just updated and they are stunning. Like you can bold things, you can italicize, you could change fonts. It's the coolest. I'm so glad that they updated because it was definitely in need of some of a facelift. And I think it can actually be a really great free and easy tool for you to get policies um, signed or agreed upon. If you would like to use a software, I, I am sure that many of us are familiar with something called DocuSign. DocuSign is what everybody uses. I think it's pretty industry standard for any kind of signature document that allows for an e-signature. And the only problem for me with that is that it's costly. I think it's a, over $150 a year to have a DocuSign account. I personally have used Adobe Sign, and it's just the same thing as DocuSign, to be honest with you. And it's about $179 a year. So it's something that is an investment that I don't think you have to have. I have always used it because Google Forms didn't exist when I started getting signatures. And right now I just keep it as kind of a cost of the business because it also houses all of the signed policies that we've ever had in place. So I feel like at this point, I'm kind of tied to it a little bit, but maybe in the future, I will move towards that free and easy Google Form. Most parents and students are used to Google Forms these days. A lot of schools are using Google Classroom, so that could be a really great easy way. And I wanted to see if anybody else had creative ways um, if you are teaching strictly virtual or you just want to be paperless, how are you having your family sign your policies? Yeah, um, can, can I talk here? Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I, I, um, I am so grateful that Carly has mentioned in, in, in the course about with the Google Forms. That has saved me loads of time. You spend a little bit of time setting everything up, but I have everything housed in there, including signatures, everything. So I have my policy, I have schedules, I have the uh, tuition uh, fees, you know, all that stuff. 
so it's it's all conveniently located and everybody that and the process and everything I, I mean especially during the interviews it's, it's what i call the test runs you know for the demo lessons um uh, i've to, to date i have not had to mention how much i charge because if people start talking about that i say uh, everything you want to know is in the google forms which will be sent right after this this interview so i i pride myself on not being able to and it, it, I don't like bargain basement shopping, you know what I mean? And so I, I try to stay away from that. Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh, so, so great. I'm seeing a lot of people also say that they're using Google Forms for their signatures. I think that's so awesome. Wow. Thanks thanks for sharing, Richard. Sorry, my, my French Bulldog is barking at something he sees in the window right now. So I will mute if it gets too loud, but I think he's, he's calmed down now. Um, yeah, Carly said less awkward conversation. Sebastian says Google Forms. I have a page on my website where you've hosted the form. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many innovative ways to do this. So I think that finding a way that works for everybody for you to officially and formally agree to the policies is key. You can always reference that and say, you know, the policies that you signed uh, on this date are things like that. So I think it's it's really important to have that agreement part of things in whatever way it works for you. When I first started, I was printing the last page of the policy and bringing it and having everybody sign in person. But I think that it's so much easier to track and have it digital, and then people can always refer back to it. And that brings me to my next point. Um, I want to share in a second uh, my screen and show you that our policies are actually housed just on our website. And it's open to the public, so anybody inquiring about lessons can see. It's right here. and. I refer to this so often that whenever I type in, I just start typing in my browser, L-E-S-S, this is the page that comes up because this is probably my most visited page um, on this site for me personally. So it has a way to download the PDF and all of our policies are here. I keep the studio calendar in here. That was a recommendation from someone within the group, potentially Carly. And I have every single thing bullet pointed, ready to go. We'll go through all of that. This um, website is hosted through GoDaddy and I use their website builder. And then I just use a, a second page to kind of be an agreement page. And then when I send it out for signature, I have it, the name, the signature and the date, and that's it. And then we also had it translated recently to Spanish because we were noticing that there were a lot of parents that didn't speak English and their students were having to translate for them. So I wanted to uh, kind of take that off of their plates and having a Spanish version of the policy, I think is a, a really helpful thing. So if you have somebody in, or in your studio that can translate this, someone's mom did it for us for free, which is so awesome. Um, I, I think that could be really helpful if you have any other languages that you might need to address the policies in. So everybody can really be fully understanding of them. Um, I have some frequently asked questions here. These were the, the most questions that I was emailed or texted right when we sent out this new version of the policy. So I keep those here on our website. And then a lot of times parents will ask these things in emails when they're inquiring about lessons and I'll just do a good old copy paste for them. So I think that can be really helpful to have your policies somewhere public where people can refer back to them without having to search them in emails or things like that. Um, does anybody have any other creative ways that they share their policies with their families, whether it's in like a, a portal on my music staff or anything like that? Um, if I, I strongly encourage that if you are emailing them out only and that's the only place people can find them, that you 
you can even put it on a hidden page on your website and send people the link so they have it. I just think that having them in a place where people can refer back to them is going to be your, your most successful way for people to follow them. Um, I have kind of been training my families over the years to refer to the policy, but they can always ask questions. So I think that's really, really helpful. Um, all right, I am looking at the chat really quick before we move on. Sarah says, do you know the name of the GoDaddy template? I think it's called Music Lessons, honestly. I built this before GoDaddy had this new version of their website builder. It's very similar to Squarespace right now, so I think it's very user-friendly. Um, but I built this website in 2015, and I think the, the template at that time was just called Music Lessons. So they were ready for us, <laughs> which is cool. Um, my music staff PDF for inquiries who ask about it from Brooke, that's how she shares her policies, cool. So I just think it's important to keep the policies accessible. Um, the next thing that I wanted to show is the policy that you have a little example of in the Teach Music Online course. So it can be shared through as a Google Doc like this. You'll make a copy of it yourself. I personally have all of my uh, documents from the Teach Music Online course saved in a, a Google Drive folder. Whenever Carly said, you know, download and make a copy of this for yourself, I just put everything in here so I can go back and check. And this year when we were auditing our policies, um, I do so I do so every fall. Um, so our policies run from September through August. I, I went back through all of those documents and through the course again this summer and rewatched those modules and made sure that I felt up to date. And I searched in Teach Music Online in the membership and I looked at all of the different things we had talked about as far as policies go. And I saw what I might need to change or edit or add. Um, another way that I wanted to talk about communicating your policies is how do you tell your families, okay, here's the new policy, here's next year's policy. Um, I like to give people about 30 days notice when a policy is changing, and I send an email out, um, which I'd be happy to share a draft of, but it looks like this. Um, and I try to be straightforward and to the point. I like to thank our families for being there with us um, during you know this time and give them an opportunity to review the policies before they're sent out for e-signature. So I remind them, please don't print this document. Here's a, a highlight. I gave them a little bit of a, you know, check this out. This is what's new. This is what's different. Uh, we changed our phone number this year. So I highlighted that because that's a big change for everybody. And then I linked it here and said, let me know if I can help clarify anything. And I'm happy to report that once I sent these out for e-signature, we had no questions asked and we had everybody sign on time. There were two people that signed the day after it was due, but I still consider that to be on time. By September 1st, everybody's policies were signed. So I attribute that to the fact that we just have the best clients ever, right? None of us are biased about that, of course. Um, but we also, I, I think having really good communication about your policies and your expectations is important. So does anybody have another way that they share the policy update? I loved that Vicki shared um, how she does it with a new student interview. And Richard, I know, uses that as part of his new student kind of interview process. Um, but feel free to unmute and share or type into the chat. How do you share your updated policies with your families? What I do is I send out the, the Google Forms every year. I just go and I update. It, it's about the same time frame as you, Brooke, about 30 to 60 days ahead of time. I, I really like to work way ahead. So there's no question. There's no last minute anything. So uh, and it's very easy. You just, you know, go through the Google Forms. You know, I, I usually sometime around June, July, I start, you know, going, making the changes and everything. And then I just send it out. To, I just have a whole mailing list with people. 
Yeah, so I just uh, I just sent a PDF along with a link to the Google Form. Uh, this is my first year using Google Forms, so yay! <laughs> Good job. Um, with like a check mark at the bot at the bottom, so they check it if they read and understand. And then um, I also highlighted the important changes within the email itself. So I was like, there is no way that you can miss any of this. I'm sure I'll still have people that will have missed. I was just going to say, <laughs> there's always at least one, right? There's always, always at least one. one. They'll be like, oh, can can we reschedule? And you're like, as per the policy. I <laughs> highlighted emails, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's go through uh, kind of one by one and see see what sections you are uh, are wanting to maybe add to your policies. I'm I'm open for suggestions on on my policies. And after each kind of little section here, I'll open it up for questions. I'll unshare the screen and then we can kind of talk through some things together um, so that we're really workshopping this and we're getting everybody comfortable with what changes they're going to make for the next time you change your policies. Um, first and foremost, we run with the school year. Um, I wanted to mention that we are in the Chicagoland area primarily and in the United States for all of our lessons. And most schools start sometime end of August, early September, which is why I have this policy go from September through the next August. Um, you can choose whatever dates you want for your policy. It's up to you. You could do a two-year term. You could have just an, a never-ending policy that is updated whenever you feel like it. Um, I think for us, we try to increase tuition every one to two years. And because we include the calendar dates on here, um, I just like to use each year and then making sure that people are re-signing it, I think helps remind them of what the policies are. Um, but I have seen some people just have kind of like an evergreen policy that states instead of the date, it'll just say the following days are built in days off Labor Day. And then they might link to a studio calendar, um, which I also think is a helpful thing to have just on, you know, on your website somewhere. Or if you give it out um, manually or email it out, you can have those specific dates in there. Um, but if you wanted a more evergreen policy, you can just list the days that you're taking off, the, the, the names of the holidays or the names of the breaks, and you can call it, you know, what, however you want to do it. But for us personally, we give the calendar dates and these are the dates that are built in days off, but maybe used for makeup lessons occasionally. So you can see those dates for this year. Um, the only one that we changed a little bit is Halloween is a Monday this year. And we just said that lessons are optional and can be rescheduled as needed. For the other dates on here, we don't reschedule those lessons. Um, we really try to protect our teachers' time off and students' time off. And occasionally we will allow for a makeup lesson to happen, especially during some of the longer breaks, like the Thanksgiving break and the winter break, where not all of those days are technically celebrated holidays, um, but I really try to make sure that everyone's having some downtime. And uh, this also helps because we charge a flat rate tuition. Um, we are not paying our teachers during the time when lessons are not being taught and that extra money and from the tuition that goes towards administrative tasks, recitals, things like that. So um, we really try our best to protect those times. And then I always like to say that any other holidays or vacation conflicts will be handled on a case by case basis. And I think it's important to note that at least once in your policies so that people understand that you know, you you are open to possibly rescheduling if you are of the makeup lesson camp. Um, but that it's handled on a case-by-case -case basis so that you're not tied to anything. And this type of a line in the policy to me is what is kind of like those umbrellas. It gives you freedom and flexibility to explain the policies to people, but it doesn't say it with so many words. 
Um, the next little thing here under general policies is safety. For us, when we teach in person, I think it's important to remind people that you need to clear your driveways when it snows. Um, you need to make sure that uh, the instrument is safe and the area is safe for everybody. And I always like to include in here too, that if weather conditions aren't safe, virtual lessons are provided with ample notice. Um, we've had a few families try to refuse virtual lessons in situations where it was unsafe for their teacher to come to them in person. And so that's a situation where I have those predetermined rules. Um, I love whoever said that, I, I'm gonna use that phrase. And I said, well, actually in our policy, it states that virtual lessons will be offered. Um, in, a, in a situation where a teacher may not feel that a virtual lesson would be beneficial for a student, we can kind of make that choice on a case-by-case -case basis. But I want them to know that, hey, if lessons, if it's not safe for in-person lessons, we're offering you virtual and that's what you get. Um, policy rate and rate updates, policies and tuition are subject to change on an as needed basis. I think it's important to include that in your policies somewhere to make sure that people know that, hey, these are things that might change. This, this is not a forever document, not a forever agreement. And as needed, I have the, the right as a studio owner and founder and manager and you know person teaching the lessons, uh, I have the right to kind of change things as needed. Photo release, we add just a quick photo release in here and tell everybody that, hey, by signing this policy, you're allowing us to use photos of yourself, your children, et cetera. And if you would like to opt out, opt out, please email us. So I keep track of who has opted out, but I think this is the best and easiest way to do things. In the past, I've had a totally separate photo release, but as you can imagine, trying to get multiple documents signed is really tough. So having a little two line part in this policy for that solves all of my problems. Um, referrals, I always like to include it in here that we give a little referral bonus when families refer us to other families. So that's also included in here under general policies. Um, so I'm gonna stop real quick there. Do you have any general policies that you either wanna share that you think are helpful, or do you have any general policies about your studio that you are looking for some help with? So I've seen a lot of teachers include the dates, like holidays and vacations in their policies. I have it as a separate um, public page on, on my page, but I don't include it in my policies. Like, would y'all recommend that? Or I just feel like it's more things that parents don't read. Yeah. Yeah. No, good. Good question. I don't think you have to include it in your policy. I saw that somebody did that and it was suggested a couple of times. So I figured I would try it and it hasn't ever hurt. Um, before this though, I had a bad system. So I will say this is the most formal holiday schedule we've ever had. And I switched to that once we moved to flat rate tuition, which I know you recently did too. So yeah. I, I think that charging per lesson doesn't warrant as formal of a holiday schedule, but but having it out there, I think is really nice. And Brooke also agreed. She says she sends out a separate calendar every January. So okay. I don't think there's cool. a right or a wrong. I think there's just a right or a wrong for your own studio. So if it works for you to have it separate, I think that's fine. Anybody else have anything to chime in for on that? With uh, the calendars? Yeah, just, Sarah. Just sort of a... Another track, how do you account for acquiring music for the student? Do they order their own? Do, do you order it for them? How do you yeah, good. do that in your policy? Good question, good question. So I did not put that specifically in the general policies this year. Let me show you what we did do. I put it on this back page here purchase and or provide all necessary materials required for lessons such as books, instruments, folders, writing utensils, etc., in a timely manner. And I did that because there are some occasions where we provide the materials, but most times our students are responsible for providing their own and purchasing what we recommend for them to purchase. So 
I didn't have it in the general policies, but it's kind of on that agreement page, um, which is uh, something I think that I, I stole from another teacher. I looked at a lot of policies before we redid this one. Um, but do you have, what is the way that you give your materials? Maybe we can workshop that specifically. Um, am I live? Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. So the question is, uh, I have right now, I have been um, assembling a kit and using up all the music that's in my file cabinet. And now I have reached the end. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm in the process of switching over. And I have been sending links for music to purchase in an email, but I just I left that section out of my policy statement <laughs> until I decided how I would do it. And I think that's totally fine. I, I think it, I could see it going either way. Um, as long as you're upfront with parents and students that they're going to be responsible for purchasing their materials, I think it's fine to either leave it off or, and, and have that be something you verbally discuss at the start of lessons. Um, I, I don't know if you have you run into any problems. Um, that's another thing too that I, I should mention that a lot of these policies that I have created for us are because these are solutions to problems we often have. So have you had anybody upset about the purchasing of materials because they thought they were included? No. Good. Okay. So you might not need to mention it. it you may be communicating that effectively enough as it is. Well, I, I'm thinking I need to mention it and be a little bit more detailed about when these materials need to be available yeah that, <laughs> the timely, okay, there you go the timely response i send an email um to a new family mm -hmm. with the links to purchase and they purchased but didn't tell their daughter that the music was available so she had her lesson and i said yeah. well now did daddy get the performance book for you no but he did she just didn't but he know. did she just didn't know yeah, I know, I know. So, okay, so I think that that could be um, something to add then. And you can say that, you know, books and materials and music are required to be purchased in a timely manner or within one week of receiving the email, or you can even include that in the email. Please have this purchased and available for the student by the next lesson. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. You're getting a lot of good suggestions in the chats too, by the way. Um, let me see. Uh, Brooks says, a couple years ago, I switched over to all books and materials being included in tuition. I order it for them and have it mailed directly to students. This is included in the policy. So that's one way of going about doing it. I think that's great. And if you're going to do something like that, having it in your policy is huge. Uh, Victoria says, I bring the first book to the first lesson and they order future books online. And then I text them the photo of the book to order. That's great. Um, Pamela says, I have a one-liner regarding books. Tuition does not cover students' books, apps, festival fees, or exam fees. I think that's great too, just having a little a little line in there about that. Um, Sarah, you might want to copy that one. Tuition does not cover students' books, apps, festivals. Okay, so let's keep going because there are some continued questions about other types of uh, policies that I want to get to. So we'll, we'll keep being able to answer questions along the way. This is why this, these types of conversations are so good for us. Everybody learns something and we can always learn from each other. Um, okay, so the next section that I have in here are tuition and payment. So I explain what flat rate tuition is and what it means. I say this set amount accounts for reasonable absences due to illness, vacations, periodic excused absences, and or studio holidays. Rescheduling is strongly encouraged when conflicts arise. However, makeup lessons are not guaranteed. 
that's new for us this year. We used to say that ma that makeup lessons were available, you know, kind of willy-nilly. And uh, I realized that that is not feasible. We are only one year into our uh, flat rate tuition journey. And there have now been several occasions where we haven't been able to make up lessons for students. I always do my best to make up lessons if the student is ill or has a family emergency. And then we always honor a makeup or prorating tuition if a, a teacher has a conflict, because I feel like it's not fair for um, the student to have to pay if their teacher has to take time off. And some of our teachers are uh, professional musicians and they go on tour for two or three weeks and we prorate for those kind of things. It just is, to me, that's what feels most fair. So you can choose however you want that to be, but if you're doing flat rate tuition or if you're doing um, you know, pay, pay per lesson, I think it's important to explain that. And then I linked our tuition in um, on our website. So we have a, a page called Music Lesson Pricing and I linked that here for people. We currently have a couple of different tuition tiers um, and I'm going to be working this year to get everybody on the same page. But for right now, this is how I present what the flat rate tuition looks like. Payment, um, this shows that invoices are sent on the 25th of each month. Those invoices go out automatically for us through QuickBooks and then payments can be made through these methods. Um, you can set up auto pay to be charged on the first of the month and payments that are declined or not made by the fifth of the month will incur a $30 fee. Again. I did what works for us, you do what works for you. There's not a right or a wrong, and there are thousands of examples out there of different types of policies for late fees, declined payments, things like that. Um, I've never had to do this, luckily, thank goodness, but I always like to kind of go to the harshest level with tuition stuff because I refuse to work and not get paid, and I refuse to pay our teachers and not get paid. So I say if tuition is still not received by the seventh of the month, lessons are suspended until payment is received in full. Serial late payments may result in students being dismissed from the studio. Luckily, like I said, I have never had to do it. Um, last about tuition and payment, and then I'll unshare and we can discuss. Um, I like to include how to discontinue lessons in here. It happens. I, I talked to one person recently who said that they don't like to put that in their policies because they feel like it encourages students to discontinue. And I was like, mm, I don't really think so. I think it's important for people to know how do I sign up for something and how do I unenroll when needed? And people discontinue lessons for a variety of reasons. We always hope that they come back for most of them, right? Um, but I think it's important for them to know and I think it's good to have it in the policy, especially because this is something that makes or breaks your income. This is something that makes or breaks your systems, your, your everything. So um, I always uh, put in there how to do that. We require written notice by the 15th day of the final month of lessons. So they have to write to us by September 15th in order to discontinue for October and failure to give proper notice will result in being charged for the coming month. So they will owe us then for the coming month um, if they don't give proper notice. We've had many times people try to discontinue lessons on the 29th and they want to they say, okay, we want to be done now. And I say, eh, sorry. And then I copy paste this from the policy. So that's everything for uh, tuition and payment. I'm going to stop sharing now. I want to look at the chat really quick and make sure that we're answering any questions and then will answer live questions. So a great solution for missed lessons from Carly uh, is having the students send a video and playing their piece before Friday and then they can get a video reply from you giving them feedback. That's, this way they feel like they didn't completely miss a lesson. It's called a video makeup. That's perfect. Um, we did try that and it became more for me to manage than I cared to and we had a lot of pushback on it. So I chose to leave it out of our policies this year. Um, 
and we can do it on a case-by-case -case basis for students that it works for. That's just me personally. I have seen this work so well for people, and I know that we may have some kind of coaching information about asynchronous lessons, and that can be really helpful for this type of situation. So stay tuned on that. Um, Sarah uses an asynchronous video lesson as a sub for makeups. It's helped rescheduling. Um, uh, the timeline by Friday is really helpful for Diana. Asynchronous options. Wow. Okay. All of you are amazing. And Sebastian uses a 30 days notice requirement for discontinuing lessons. So that's awesome. Cindy does too. Uh, and I will talk more about scholarships in just a moment, Vicki. So why don't we talk about tuition and payment policies? Um, Sebastian, I will add you to a spotlight and then feel free to unmute and go ahead. Ask away. Okay. Um, so I had a question about um, just managing makeup lessons and how to handle that. I talked with a few teachers and the best recommendation that I got that, that resonated was to guarantee, and this is what I have in my policies, that I guarantee 44 lessons mm -hmm. in a calendar year. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've, like this past, not last week, but the week before that, I got sick and I had to cancel some lessons. Some of my in-person lessons, I just told them we'll go online. Uh, but then I lost my voice. So I was like, guys, I can't make it. Uh, and I had a few students ask or their parents, like, how are we going to make this up? Uh, so it was really helpful to say like, Hey, I guarantee 44 lessons. I've already worked in holidays and, and time for, for sicknesses. So you're covered. I will make sure that that's guaranteed by the end of the year. Awesome. Um, but I also wanted to get any input. Like, do you all think that that's a good way to, to, approach having a flat tuition rate does that open up to like possibly having people at the end of the year i have one parent who's often like hey what is your lesson rate and i'm like i don't have a lesson rate we covered this um so yeah what do, what do you think yeah. what do other people think okay so two different things here uh first i'll start with the easy one the lesson rate i say the same thing i tell everybody we don't have a per lesson rate you pay a flat rate tuition and it's in and i i explain in that part of the policy, what does flat rate tuition mean and what does it get you? For us, we don't count lessons. We try to give our students as many lessons as possible throughout the year, knowing full well that not everybody is going to get a lesson every single week and that's okay. Um, if they do, then they're really getting a good deal on our tuition, to be frank. Um, but we, what, what I say is we, um, we include our lessons, your weekly lessons. We include um, your workshops, performances, recitals, all of that kind of thing, and also administrative time for your teacher and for the studio. And so with all of that factored in, there isn't really a per lesson thing. It, this is just the cost per month and all of that is kind of factored in. So I explained that to them and I haven't had many parents question that. So I'll say that was that was your easy answer. Um, well, if anybody, answer. Yeah, if anybody else has anything to share, feel free to, to drop it in the chat or raise your hand and we can add you to the spotlight for this. Um, and then as far as the makeup lessons go, I think since you count lessons, you say there's 44 guaranteed. I think that's awesome. Um, do you use my music staff? I can't remember. I do. Yeah, okay. I, I that, have my music staff control all that. Yes, exactly. Which I feel like if you use my music staff, that is hugely helpful or something along those lines where it counts how many lessons. I don't use something like that. So I would have to manually count lessons for over 300 students. And it's not feasible for me, which is why we don't count. Um, so it's a totally personal choice, but I yeah. think that for a, a single studio teacher or even a multi-teacher studio that uses software like that, hugely helpful to count and just say, well, this is one of those weeks that we're just not gonna have lesson and we'll make it up you know, the, throughout the calendar year. I think that's awesome. And I like the way yeah. you explained it um, yeah. to the parents. One thing that I worked in, 
one thing that I worked in on there and on my side for taking care of administrative tasks and so on. Um, and because I always kind of struggle with the idea of, um, cause I, I come from an engineering background. I worked as an engineer for three years. And so I still kind of am working through that mindset of like, Oh, I have all these benefits and so on. So my thought and approach situation has almost been like, okay, how do I work in benefits and PTO and so on? So actually I charged for 46 lessons. Uh, but then guarantee 44. That way I have like a little bit of wiggle room, like, hey, we're okay to do 46 lessons and I'm going to include those. Or, hey, I can't make it this week. It's yes. That's that's okay because you're and still then, getting 44 lessons. Exactly. And you're not working for free. I think that's really, really helpful. Love that. Love that way of explaining it. And then um, I think we have a couple of, of good comments about makeup lessons and flat rate tuition in the chat. Um, anybody else care to share out loud? Yeah, go ahead, Pamela. So uh, for mine, in I do, I do everything by the semester. So I break the year up into three semesters of about twelve weeks of lessons each, um, and then I have two weeks uh, built in there that are just free. So they like if they need to cancel or whatever last minute, I just cite those two free weeks of lessons. I say that's already built in. We don't need to make it up. Um, but if they know ahead of time, then there's to send a video before their lesson. And then I can do that during their lesson time still. So I can send an asynchronous video. And, you, or, and you're not adding extra time. I love not that. adding extra time. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's good for <laughs> this. Hi. I agree with, um, I actually do similar to what Pamela said, because with the asynchronous, like I tell them I'm going to work on it during their lesson time and they'll get the video during their lesson time. So it's like, it's not like their time was not used or not. I wasn't paid for that time either. Um, cause I feel like even as much as I try to explain the like, tuition based people are depending on their mind, like how their mind works, just like Sebastian said, some people are constantly budgeting and dividing by time. Um, but also what you say based off of it is tuition. Like if you're in a dance studio or karate or anything like that, right. they're like, this is the, you come two times a week, you come three classes a week, like whatever your choice is, like it's still the same. So it doesn't change that. So I guess comparing it also to something that they're more accustomed to seeing, like in a dance studio, regardless if you go three, five times a week, you still pay the same for tuition. Yeah. Uh, so whether it's three days a three days out of the month or five weeks, you know, those five week months, then it would still be the same. Exactly. And I've had to explain that to a couple of parents, um, especially the Monday parents. I always feel bad. And we do uh, occasionally allow the Monday families to reschedule once in a while, because especially with Halloween being a Monday this year, you know, that that's even an extra one. And um, we do Thanksgiving break in the States uh, where we just take Tuesday off. Tuesday through the rest of the week. So Monday kids get a lesson Thanksgiving week, but the other kids don't. So I really try to make it fair, but inevitably Monday holidays in the United States are just a common thing to make those long weekends. So we do allow occasionally them, if they ask, uh, we just had a couple people ask to reschedule Labor Day and the teacher was okay with it. So I'm okay with it. As long mm -hmm. as everybody feels comfortable, it's not a big deal. Um, and these are very kind and understanding families in general. So I'm willing to kind of bend for them. And that's kind of where we can say, you know, this is our policy but I'm happy to make an exception for you and you know give give them that little boost and they always love that right as a customer we always love that in general um oh I, this is what I had to explain to one of the Monday families this is what I was going to say um it, you know Memorial Day was a Monday in the states and then 
uh, 4th of July was a Monday this year in the States. And the dad was a little bit upset because May and July only had three lessons or something along those lines. He was he was complaining basically about missing two lessons within a couple months for a studio holiday. And I explained to him, I think there were still four Mondays in May without that fifth Monday. I think June had four Mondays and then uh, August had five Mondays. So I was explaining to him, like, you only got three in July, but you got five in August. You only get, you know, four in September, but you get five in October. And so you, if you have to explain for the people that really are like the time dividers, you can kind of go along those lines. And you're, especially if you don't count lessons like Sebastian does and like many of us do, you can say, well, there were three this month, but there's five next month and you're not paying more when there's five, right? So you try to try to equal it out for them and, and explain, um, you know, to the best of your ability. And at the end of the day, if there are people that don't agree with what you want to do with your policies, that this is your business. These are your policies. I know so many of us have waiting lists uh, of people that would be so happy and uh, to work with us. And it's interesting because we went from charging per lesson to charging flat rate tuition. And the people that didn't come on board for the flat rate tuition, I was glad to get rid of them, to be honest with you, because they showed me that they didn't value us at that level. And they were not willing to pay a fair rate for their time for their teacher and, and for the time that we give and everything that we do for them. And we've been able to replace them, I would say like tenfold. Sebastian, is that the uh, the situation you had with flat rate too? Yeah, we're getting big thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I was happy to get to for some people to leave and keep the ones that were really on board. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to do that and take that leap. I know you talked about it a lot in the membership and I'm glad that it worked the way that you wanted it to. It was stressful, but I'm it worked out fantastically. I I also upgraded a lot of students to 45 minute lessons, which also helped Good. with a lot of stress and overloading and overwhelming my own work times. Um, this next section is scheduling and it just talks about absences. Uh, we require 48 hours notice for schedule conflicts and changes aside from illnesses or emergencies. Obviously illnesses happen last minute, emergencies sometimes happen, you know, in the middle of the night, things like that. Um, I just say in here that if less than 48 hours notice is given, the lesson will be considered a missed lesson and will not be rescheduled. Makeup lessons can occur in person virtually or via written and video lessons. Um, we did leave that in there, but like I said, not a lot of people take us up on those. And that's a, a point maybe that I'll argue in the future because it seems to work for all of you. So that's something I'm taking away from this call. Um, and we basically say that that uh, they're at, makeup lessons are at the studio manager's discretion. So I don't want people to think that they get to dictate to us how makeup lessons happen. And we do make sure makeup lessons take place within 30 days. We do make exceptions for that for illnesses or emergencies, especially with COVID, where sometimes families will be out for two or three weeks sick, testing positive, things like that. And virtual lessons aren't possible sometimes. So um, I try to be understanding in this day and age with things like that. Um, but at least um, our policy is the most strict, and then I can be lenient and flexible from there. And that's why I leave some of those vague umbrellas that we talked about before at the studio manager's discretion on a case-by-case -case basis, things like that. I also say that credits or refunds are not issued for any reason, and we do stand by that. It's, you either take the lesson or you don't. And if we offer you, you know, three makeup lesson times and you don't take them, that's on you essentially. Um, tardiness. So because we travel teach and because I like to make sure that our everything kind of runs like a well-oiled machine, um, I we always say, and this we, we held true to this for virtual lessons as well, so I think it applies across the board. The instructor will wait one-third of the total scheduled lesson time for students to arrive before lessons are treated as a missed lesson. 
Sometimes we will have a family of four take back-to-back half-hour lessons, and they run late from an activity or from a doctor's appointment or from whatever. So we wait a third of the total time for that family. So that would be, you know, an, two hours, a third of two hours, essentially. However, if it's just a 30-minute lesson, we only are waiting 10 minutes because at the end of the day, by the time the, the student gets there, signs in, does whatever, they're going to have a 15-minute lesson at the, at, at, you know, once we get through all of that stuff. So we really are pretty strict on this and having this as a policy to refer to has been really, really helpful for us um, in a few sticky situations. So you know, there's always exceptions to be made, but I want our policies to be the most strict and I want to be able to decide when we are being lenient. Um, lesson transfers. This is another thing that we've, I picked up from, from another studio because we were having a situation where people would think, okay, well, you're booked for two hours at our house and we have four students that normally take 30 minutes each, but two of them are going to be at soccer today. So you can just split the hour between the other two, right? And those other two kids were like five years old. So that's really, really rough. And especially if we don't have notice and we can't prepare ahead of time as teachers, that is putting everybody in a bad spot. So I added a policy called lesson transfers that just says lessons are not transferable between students of the same household unless previously agreed upon with at least 48 hours notice given to the studio manager. Last minute lesson transfer attempts may result in missed lessons. So just last week we had that situation I was talking about. There's four 30 minute lessons in one home, four little boys, and one of them ended up having a doctor's appointment. So the teacher agreed to split that two hours between the three of them and give everybody a couple extra minutes each. That was no problem. But then when he got there, one of them was on a play date and wasn't gonna be home on time. He just decided to do 45 minutes with the two boys that were remaining and then he left. So that was that's what I mean when I say it's a missed lesson. That's just what's worked for us. Um, illnesses. So this is where I'll touch on some of those COVID policies and just our general illness policies. Lessons um, must be rescheduled if any member of the house is ill. This is the main reason why I choose to offer makeup lessons because I never want somebody to have their teacher over in person if they're sick. And I never want somebody to force themselves into an online lesson when they're not going to benefit from it because they're ill. Um, illness and emergencies are things that I'm really sensitive to and I try my best to be as fair as possible. So we, we do say that they must be rescheduled if someone is ill. The instructor reserves the right to cancel a lesson if the student is not well and or appears to be ill. So we've had, just last Friday, we had a situation where a teacher got to a house and the mom was like, oh, so sorry, Aiden has a fever. And we were like, ah, uh, sorry, we're leaving now. You know, <laughs> like you, you shouldn't put yourself in any situation like that. So we do reserve the right for the instructor to leave. Um, if a student stays home from school or work, they will not. They are not to have an in-person lesson. Um, this is just across the board non-negotiable. Even if they, the student just stays home for a headache, um, you never know if that's going to turn into an illness later. So we are just very, very cautious about things like that. And we require notice by 12 p.m. Central Time if the student is staying home from school so that we can plan accordingly for how to get them a virtual lesson or how to reschedule. Um, again, please give us as much notice as possible for cancellations due to illness, and we'll do our best to provide a makeup lesson. Again, do our best to provide a makeup lesson does not guarantee a makeup lesson. So we try, but we don't always, we're not always able to do it. And then we have a separate COVID waiver. Um, this to me, I did not personally want to include COVID in our lesson policy. It, I, it's just a personal choice. I think everybody can do whatever they, they feel most comfortable with. Um, but I do have it, a separate waiver that we have everybody sign because I wanted to make sure this was taken more seriously. This is the waiver. We had it looked at by a lawyer and then everybody signs this um, 
just themselves. So I will drop this into the chat for us. If anybody would like to beg, borrow, or steal, this is legit looked over, like I said, by a lawyer, and um, and I'm happy to share it with any of you. So feel free to download the PDF, and then you can copy and paste. I don't think you can copy and paste from the website. Like I can't highlight the text, but if you download it, you should be able to highlight from there. Um, so that's how we handle illnesses and emergencies. And then the emergency thing on here is just exceptions to our policies due to illness, emergency, extenuating circumstances may be made at the discretion of the studio manager. So, so again, an umbrella, right? We we want to be able to make the decisions that we want to make with our studio. And it's okay for your policy to sometimes be vague. Um, and I, I said uh, it's a one-page policy, and that that's all of our policies, but this is just kind of like our agreement. I used to have this as a separate document to our seven-page family handbook, so I just figured two pages was good and we could get it on here. So this is just uh, being respectful and, and adhering to the policies, purchasing the materials, all of that kind of stuff. Um, thank you for being part of our musical journey. There you go. So this is this is our policy. Um, the FAQs that I have on here, you guys can view those anytime on our website, but these were just, again, the most frequently asked things that I received about our policies. So feel free to beg, borrow, and steal, whatever you need. I had one question too about uh, your 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 calendar year basically mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed a lot of teachers do this so I've been considering okay summer how do you do y'all work during the summer do you take complete off or is it good like question. on a lesson per lesson basis yeah good question we do the same type of tuition during the summer um, and we if anybody takes a break for longer than three weeks for travels we remove them from the schedule and I let them know that we can't hold their spot unless they would like to pay um, and they can pay to hold their spot, and that payment goes to make sure that we keep their spot and their teacher is paid. Uh, but we treat summer the same, to be honest with you. And we do have some students that took breaks for a month or two or whatever, and now they're on a wait list with us. And I kind of say, you know, the people that stay around for the summer, that's great for them, and they win in that, in that yeah. case. Um, that said, obviously there are some people that stay on for the summer to keep their spot, but mm -hmm. they travel a lot. And so yeah. I just make sure I make it known to them when they submit a travel conflict. Uh, one family went to Ireland for three weeks and she said they just wanted to pay anyway. And I was like, just mm -hmm. so you know, typically if you take three weeks off, we, we remove you from the schedule. But yeah. if you're willing to pay and she's like, nope, willing to pay and we don't need any makeup lessons. It's all good. That's cool. So, That's very yeah. cool. Some, some people I added like a deposit requirement mm -hmm. so that if you wanted to keep your yeah. same thing more than three weeks um, it would be a hundred dollars or like something like that something along to keep your spot because I, I, I had a lot of students take a break and then just tell me oh we're not coming back it's like, yeah yeah that deposit yeah. at least gets you paid for the summer and then you can fill the spot in the fall if they choose not yeah. to but I think a lot of times parents or people that make a deposit are more willing to come back to utilize it essentially so exactly yeah, good for you i think you're totally on the right track and we'll have to keep talking about this stuff <laughs> absolutely as we as we yeah. go through the year my policy would not look like what it does today without this group it is truly the credit of everyone in here and carly's course that we have been able to make this happen so i empower you all to do the same and i hope you have a really good day Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, 
online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.